0: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Metro Ford of OKC, OU got a 2022 commitment, and it led to a conversation about the best nicknames in OU football history. In the National College Football Roundup, we discuss Alabama's exciting announcement about attendance and break down the drama at Texas and football guys talking basketball. We talk OU's losing streak and the Oklahoma City Thunder announcing they won't have fans all season and we give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? I'm man Michael Hostie will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, March 4th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Metro Ford of OKC. Metro Ford of OKC's inventory is the best of the best. In fact, they own more Black Widows and more 2021 F-150s than anybody else. They're the only Roush and Rocky Ridge dealer in the state. You can find a ride at Metro Ford of OKC that you can't find anywhere else in the state of Oklahoma. Just like their selection of vehicles is unmatched, so is their customer service. The Metro Ford of OKC difference program is included with the purchase of every new and pre-owned vehicle. It includes free oil changes for life, lifetime window tint, lifetime nitrogen fill for your tires, complimentary wheel locks, interior fabric protection, complimentary service loaners, a complimentary shuttle with service, and a complimentary multi-point inspection. Come feel the performance when you test drive a Rousher Raptor and come see why the difference is real at Metro Ford of OKC. Visit MetroFordofOKC.com for more information or go to the dealership and tell them we sent you. Now we're recording this on Wednesday night. Please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know who you want us to try to get on the podcast. We did an interview with Bill Conley, but... It lasted so long, Teddy, that we decided to make it its own episode. We just decided that on the fly. We were like, dude, that was like an hour. We can't work everything we want to talk about in this episode. So Bill Conley is going to be Monday's episode, and it is awesome.
1: I loved it. I honestly loved it. I I was totally locked into everything that he was saying and how he, you know, goes through the analytics, the data to come up with, with his, his preseason list, which I think is awesome. Plus, you know, obviously going through the quarterback list, we, we should have told him we need more of this stuff. It's off season football. This is the content we need to, to go over. So I I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah. He is the off season list King. So that'll be coming your way Monday. So be on the lookout. For that, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, one thing before we get into the OU football stuff, go buy the new Kings of Leon album. You know, I'm I'm wearing the KOL shirt for those of that. you for those of you that watch on YouTube and their new album, When You See Yourself, comes out on Friday. I'm very excited. Friend of the show, Jared Follow. Very excited. If you want to go back and listen to our interview we did with Jared a couple weeks ago talking about the album you can go back in the archives and find that find that it, it's really cool but i'm very happy for them because they had to sit on it for a very long time teddy and they're doing some cool stuff they got the nft stuff going so all the crypto people are talking about it. a lot of buzz about the album i'm excited nice. for the boys
1: no that's gonna be cool uh, i'm excited for that too gosh it's you're right, it's been been a long time in the works and uh, getting everything perfect and the right time to to put everything out there, so that's going to be exciting. Down right. For it.
0: right, let's move on to the OU stuff. Let's start here, Ted, and that's with Big Cat Bryant, who will not be going to play football at Oklahoma. Instead, he has decided he will follow Gus Malzahn to UCF. Uh, I know OU thought they had a good chance of landing him for a while, but it ended up not working out. And I was kind of surprised. I thought it was actually kind of weird, honestly, to go from the sec West to the American athletic conference. Uh, that did not seem, and this is, this is a guy that was what second team, all sec, like he's a quality player. That was a weird decision in my mind. And I kind of wonder how it affects his future. Like, I'm sure he'll be extremely productive at UCF and it's not like, NFL scouts aren't going to know he's there. It's just, I thought it was odd. It is odd. Um, It's not just odd.
1: Something's going on. Something had to have happened. There has to be a reason. Like Oklahoma did not lose out to UCF. Okay. That did not happen. You don't, if anything, you just stay at Auburn. Right. Right. There's something that's gone on. I don't know what it is. I can't even theorize as to what it may be, but there's something that has gone on. I don't know if it's grade-related, if it's off the field issues. Something's happened. You don't declare that you're going to transfer and then settle on UCF. And I I think UCF's a good program. I think there's some good stuff there. Obviously, And And I think Malzahn's probably going to do good, but that's not a move that you make on on your own. There has to be some type of circumstances that have steered you in that direction.
0: Yeah, maybe something will end up coming out about it, but I, I saw it and it just maybe kind of scratched my head and go, "Really, UCF from Auburn?" Like normally, if a player is going from UCF to Auburn or from Auburn to UCF, it's because he couldn't get on the field.
1: Backup player,
0: yeah. Yeah, this guy was a starter, an all-conference caliber player making that move. Like, You're right. It makes no sense. Mm -mm. It makes no sense. Now, I I wish the kid the best, but it makes no sense. And I'm sure he knows that. Okay, another recruiting thing. OU got a commit from the number one center in the class of 2020 according to the 24-7 Sports Composite young man's name is Demetrius Hunter out of Orange, Texas. Now, I don't really want to go too much in detail about the kid, Ted. He He's the typical type of player that Bill Beanbow likes. He's big. He's super physical. He's got a whole lot of nasty on his tape. Now, in my opinion, he needs to work on his body a little bit, but most high school linemen do got to got to lean it up just a little bit there demetrius but what i want to talk about is his nickname that he has been given in high school teddy because his teammates call him pancake hunter pancake hunter huh and i was like you know what i uh, and and he definitely gets called that because it's like his Twitter handle. Also, like the Pancake Hunter is apparently his thing for life. Nice. Now, so what are what are your thoughts on? Oh, you get in the number one center in twenty twenty two. That's obviously great. But I really just care about what you think about the nickname.
1: It's interesting. The nickname is is fascinating. And you said that he needs to work on his body. Are you saying that? He needs I, the name skinless boneless chicken breast hunter is what that, they should call him.
0: I think that would do Demetrius <laughs> some good, but once again, he's a high school kid hit OU's nutrition program and Benny Wiley. They'll, they'll get him right. He'll be fine. Don't worry well, about it. But yes, here's I think maybe he hunted one too many pancakes <laughs> at some point.
1: Well, as far as a football player and the nickname, I'm sure it looks like every other offensive lineman that Bean Bo recruits nasty physical, just blocking guys to and through the whistle, uh, diving on top of them downfield. Once you've, you've got them to the ground, just, there's a nastiness that Beanbow likes in his offensive lineman. And if a guy has the name, pancake hunter I think that fits in really nicely with the demeanor that Bill is looking for so I think that's good though man I'll tell you and you know this you're you're one of the the best in the group but we've had a great run at center for really the last 20 years and the the ability to go out on the recruiting trail and continue that and get some of the top talent in at that position is it's, it's obviously huge.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm a little worried about him though, just because he wasn't a converted tight end. We all know that the converted That's tight true. end centers, you know, have pretty good, pretty they good run stand
1: out from the crowd,
0: pretty good run, but this kid's nickname, it, it inspired or call your shot. Uh, we put the you question its the
1: pancake hunter tattoo anywhere.
0: He's definitely going to get one if he doesn't have one, right? Sure. I mean, if he's a tattoo guy, I don't know if he's a tattoo guy or not. But yeah, so the Pancake Hunter nickname for our man Demetrius Hunter inspired uh, the call-your-shot question. and uh, We asked y'all, what is the best nickname for a player in OU football history? And we got a lot of responses, Ted. But so, some interesting ones. Like, I won't lie. We got some that... I I don't know if they're true or not. Like, I didn't go back and double check that they are accurate or this human being actually played football for Oklahoma because, for example, Brock Eaton on Twitter says Leon Heath was called mule train. That was pretty damn cool. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if Leon Heath played football at OU. I got no idea. I don't know if they called him mule train, but that's a pretty great nickname, Ted.
1: No, it's great. And I feel like I've done this before with Toby on radio. And I think there was a guy that played in the 50s or 60s. And maybe it was even before that Cactus Face. Is that, did you get that one?
0: 1939 All American Guilford Cactus Face Duggan. Uh, Shout out to Chris Lambakis for that on Twitter. Yeah, so uh, we did get Cactus Face Duggan. Everyone knows Cactus Face, 1939 oh, yeah. All American. Yeah, of course, he was the best. Yeah.
1: Um, Pancake Hunter is going to end up on the list somewhere, but I, I feel like a good nickname is really critical as to um, your list of nicknames is really more important than your list of accomplishments on the field for a football team. And Oklahoma, if we really sift through it, there's been some really good nicknames out there.
0: So uh, I wrote down a couple of my favorites that I could just think of off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this one is personal to me. The Belldozer, that is a top-notch nickname. And it was a nickname for the package as well. So it kind of, it was a little bit, so we all took a little pride in the belldozer nickname. We were like, yeah, we we're we're part of this too, but I still call Blake does every time I see him, that's when, you know, a nickname stuck. I literally call him that to this day. What percentage
1: of people come up to him in public and say, or point say that's the belldozer Instead of saying that's Blake Bell.
0: One hundred percent. That's say, what I would think. Depending on the setting, right? And depending right. on how many how much alcohol they drank. Right? So, Those.
1: I like that. That's great. But
0: then we had Hollywood that's for a good one. Hollywood Brown, but it's it's kind of just where he's from. Gus Johnson deserves an assist on that nickname growing because he would just say it so enthusiastically. And I, I think that really did make it stick and get spread. Uh, Have you so- ever
1: heard Joel Clatt tell the story about that? No. The original nickname. He, whenever they were calling the game, it was the Oklahoma state, I think is when it was. He, he says that as the play happened, you know, whenever he says, who is this kid? I, I think if I remember right, Joel Clatt said that he didn't know who it was and he looked down on the list and just saw like where he's from and just screamed out the hometown. That's, That's Joel Clatt's awesome. Klatt, story about it. Like Gus, he just had, he really had no clue what was going on in a panic, looked at his spotter board, just screamed out where he's from. Pretty funny.
0: That's awesome. Now we got a lot of people that responded with AD that is an awesome nickname. I mean all it day it is I think it's one of the best nicknames in sports. Now people call him AP way too much and I know that that really bothers OU fans.
1: Going to be fighting that battle for a long time. I can I can't wait until Adrian Peterson is putting on his gold jacket at the Hall of Fame whenever, you know, 10 years from now or however long it is and OU Twitter is going to blow up whenever someone introduces him as AP or or whatever it's just it's going to be the endless fight yeah but that that's, is a great one that that one i that's one i had written down that's awesome
0: this one uh, once again i had to google because i did not know if it was true or not and it is are you familiar with edward mcdaniel Ring a bell. I think he played in the late 50s or so. There's going to be some OU football historian that's so mad at me for not knowing who this guy is already.
1: Right, No, I mean, not right now off the top of my head.
0: But he was a Choctaw Chickasaw Native American who achieved fame. His nickname was Wahoo McDaniel.
1: That, I know. I have definitely... Heard that name. Absolutely.
0: So he played at OU, played professional football, and then became a famous professional yeah. wrestler. And I saw, I went down a rabbit hole of pictures of this guy. What an awesome nickname that, you know, he was a native American. So no one would try to cancel our man Wahoo now. So everyone just calmed down. But he was, a really good player. I mean, had a good pro career like eight or nine years. And then I guess with some big time professional wrestler wrestler, I'm going to have to ask Jr. about him.
1: Yeah. Now, and that obviously reminds me of the nickname Dr. Death, which is a, uh, a pretty good one too.
0: Yeah. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, Pretty good one. Good list. Yeah. I, I would say silver shoes for Joe Washington was cool, but it also was just kind of stating what he was wearing on his feet he was wearing silver shoes. We did get this one though, Ted, this comes from at OU army one on Twitter. He said the pride of Fort Gibson equals (laughs) layman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What a nickname. You got to love that.
0: And then obviously the boss, the boss is an iconic nickname.
1: The boss is good. What about how, what's the current ranking for nicknames on the team? Now you've got, what well, you got? Trouble, uh, Turner, Yell. At That's a good one. It's pretty good.
0: That's really the only one I can think of. Like Rattler doesn't have a nickname or anything like that. No, Mims doesn't have a nickname.
1: No, Stogkowski. I gave him that one. I don't think anyone else calls him that. Um, are we? Are we? Are we a one nickname team? That's a. We got to get more nicknames. Where do you think that was? That's in the analytics for uh, Bill Connolly. How 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 many nicknames you have on your team?
0: That that weights heavy. heavy, So we need to get some more nicknames for the team. But yeah, I thought that was fun. I feel like we're forgetting one. You know, I guess it's more of a play than a nickname, though. But a lot of people call Roy Williams Superman. I can't believe it took us this long. Someone has been screaming. Listening to this go super bad, Roy Williams. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. That's
1: what people still call him that to this day. Um, Yeah. Um,
0: Anything else?
1: No most of most of the ones that I can think of are just some type of play on the person's name, not really a a nickname, so to speak. Like someone, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference between. Like shortening or changing someone's name a little bit for a. Then a yeah, then the, a nickname. the only
0: one that I can, you know, think of that was pretty good when I was playing was Ron L. Lewis. People called him the hammer. And yeah. that was, that was That's accurate. Good. Yeah.
1: That's a good, good nickname.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, one note for Oklahoma State football Kendall Daniels. He got out of his NLI from Texas AM after a coach left and he assigned with Oklahoma State. This is, Ted, this is a big get for Mike Gundy, uh, seeing that this kid was the number one ranked player in the state of Oklahoma in this recruiting class. 6'4, 190 pound safety from the beautiful town of Beggs, Oklahoma. I love when Oklahoma kids stay in state. I saw the pistol firing. Pistols firing. Guy said it is OU's highest ranked defensive recruit since Rashetti Jones in 2007. So this is a big deal for Oklahoma State. That's a that's a great get for Mike Gundy. I think it's huge. It's just it's fascinating though.
1: Texas uh, A&M. It's not like Kendall Daniels just. You know, decided to go to. He he picked Oklahoma State over A and M, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma. There was a bunch of people that, that had offers on him. Now, do they have space right now? I don't know, but in, I think at some point Oklahoma pulled their offer back on Kendall Daniels. But the dude is he's really big, really long, incredibly athletic. He's a guy. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be this at all. In no way, shape, or form am I saying this. But whenever coaches talked about him, the comparison and what they thought he's going to be, because frame-wise, there's thoughts that he, he's going to put on a lot of weight. And, you know, defensively is where a lot of teams wanted him. The the comp is being a guy like Isaiah Simmons at, at Clemson, that six four incredibly athletic, and can play a bunch of different spots. Now, I don't think Kendall Daniels is going to be 6'4", 240-pounder that runs a four three, but Maybe he does. I don't know. But I think it's it's more so the fact that he could be edge. He could be an inside backer. You can play him at safety. You can play him at nickel. Uh, they even played uh, Isaiah Simmons at, at corner at times. So I think that is really what the comp is, is that he's a guy that you could absolutely plug in at any different position group on the field.
0: Well, if he ends up being like Isaiah Simmons, that will be a problem for Oklahoma because now we'll see, we'll see how he develops there at Oklahoma state. Okay. Let's move on to the national college football roundup, but first let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And don't forget to go buy some Rock and Roll Tequila. Rock and Roll Tequila is the ultra premium tequila that hits all the right notes. It's won all kinds of awards for its superior taste and smooth finish. To find a store that has it, visit rockandrolltequila.com or check out their Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This stuff is fantastic. If you don't want to take our word for it, maybe you'll listen to this guy. This is Coach Bob Stoops. When you're a college football coach, it's important to have an eye for talent. The same holds true when choosing your tequila. When I tried rock and roll, I liked it so much, I decided to become a partner in this Oklahoma-owned company. Crafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, the smooth taste of rock and roll's triple distilled platinum, our Añejo called Cristalino, and the incredible premium quality mango tequila are awesome. Our defiantly unique guitar-shaped bottles make it easy to find, and you'll love the ultra-premium quality and taste. No excuses. Make rock and roll your game-day tequila. Tastefully rebellious? Start the party with rock and roll. Okay, there's two main things I want to talk about in the National College Football Roundup, Tad. Let's start with exciting news. Alabama and their athletic director, Greg Byrne, announced that they are planning to be at full capacity for games this this season. And some people may hear that and go, well, duh. But I, I think while we all assumed that this was going to be the case, it was very comforting to hear this and especially comforting to hear it from a program like the University of Alabama. I mean, them coming out and saying it, it it just made me feel better about the upcoming season. The atmosphere is the best thing about college football. And especially with the positive vaccine news we've gotten this week, it, it sounds like we are going to get back to those amazing atmospheres with the 2021 season, Teddy. And I am, uh, I'm so happy because I love that we got to go to all the games. We still got to see them play last year, but it, it just didn't feel the same, man.
1: No, it didn't. And I I can't wait for these players to run out in front of a full stadium again. I mean, that's part of the cool thing about being a college football player is it's, It's a big deal. You run out in front of 100,000 or or whatever it might be at, at, at your stadium, wherever you play. I mean, the atmosphere is everything in college football. That's what makes it so fun. And I'm glad Alabama was first. I'm shocked we're not hearing this from everyone. I'm shocked we're not hearing it from Oklahoma. I'm shocked we're not hearing it from Oklahoma State or just everyone because it's like season ticket time. And of it's kind of hard to all of a sudden at, at the 11th hour, say we're opening everything up a hundred percent and the season ticket holders from before, are like, well, hang on a daggum second, you know, give me a little bit of time here. So I feel like in order to get everyone back locked in on season tickets and comfortable and all those people that had opportunities at whatever schools to opt out or however different people handled it, give them a chance to opt back in and kind of settle that whole nightmare. I'm, I'm shocked. We're not hearing more of it uh, across the country right now than just Alabama.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something similar from Joe Castiglione and the leadership at out at Oklahoma in the next couple of weeks. Like I, I think that that is coming And it's just exciting, man, because
1: they've already announced full college back in the fall. Joe Harris came out and said that the OU in the fall of 2021 is going to be back to normal with with their students. So Alabama said the same thing. They included football. And I think you may be right that that the football part of it may be coming soon after.
0: Yeah, I think I I think that's coming soon. Okay, one other thing we got to talk about. Texas football. Oh, mama. Uh, a a rough week for the Longhorns. Uh, what's the best way to say it? Lots of ammo for the negative recruiters out there. Uh, probably a rough week for recruiting in general for Steve Sarkeesian. So the Texas Tribune releases released emails from last season of Texas donors threatening to cancel season tickets, in donations, uh, boycott games. Now, this obviously had to do with the Eyes of Texas issue that was going on there in Austin last season. And let's just be real. The emails, there's some that are really, really bad. I mean, straight up racist. Just call them how you see them, right? Just some really unfortunate stuff in some of those emails. But a few of them really make you cringe but it didn't just stop there when the players started getting vo- involved in speaking publicly about it that that's when I think things kind of escalated to a new level there for Texas because Caden Stearns who is one of the most notable players for that program over the last couple seasons uh, a name that a lot of people recognize he puts out a tweet saying quote My teammates and I got threatened by some alumni that we would have to find jobs outside of Texas if we didn't participate. So essentially saying that Texas alumni came after those kids' futures, and there was more. DeMarvion Overshown comes out with a tweet saying that he had received, quote, many hateful things, including death threats for The way that him and his teammates handled the eyes of Texas situation, Steve Sarkeesian has to be like, what the hell did I walk into? (laughs) Like, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I know what I would do if I was him, but this is this seems like it is a it's it's only getting worse at Texas. A lot of people thought that this had been nipped in the bud. It had gone away, and it has not.
1: Well, I don't know what is going to do. I know what he said he's going to do. One of the first things statements he made after being did hired he say that? is saying, this is our song, and we're going to sing it and sing it proudly. So, I, well, I know why he said it, because they paid him $5.5 million a year and told him, Okay. right after you sign this paper, we're going to video you saying that you're going to we're going to sing the song. I mean, that's how that whole thing goes down. You know, I I don't care anything about the song. I've got no dog in the fight here. Um, Here's here's what I, I I do think, though. I think you have to. You have to understand, and this is in no way excusing this, but you have to understand that a small amount of emails isn't necessarily representative of the thousands and thousands and thousands of donors that Texas has.
0: And that's what Jay Hartzell, the president there, came out and said. He's like, hey, these people don't represent the views of all the people that love and support these kids.
1: I guarantee Joe Castiglione gets emails to some degree in a similar fashion to that anytime there's the smallest of controversial things going on at Oklahoma. And I, I, I don't think that you can just take everyone that's a donor and, and throw them into that and, and, and say that there's a massive, pervasive problem there. But at the end of the day, uh, that was an article that was written. That was the story that was written. Um, guys are coming up with with situations that they've been in personally. And, you know, whenever you say an alumni threaten you, is that like an alumni in a position of power that is well-known and that people know? Or was that a guy wearing a, a UT sh- polo at a bar one night? You know, I, Like, what does that mean? Is is it something that's actually representative of what's going on there? Or are we picking a couple of 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 people from the outer side outside and saying this is the entire donor culture at Texas? The grand scheme of things don't know. Um, It's it that's going to be a a fight and a mess that they're going to have to deal with. But this is kind of what I talked about when Sarkeesian took over this job. X's and O's great coach recruiting really good but it's the it's the whole atmosphere and the mess that's going on down there that's going to be incredibly difficult to navigate and I don't know it seems like there's a at least they've put out through the the, the article the paper the story that there's a like a a definitive rift of people that are for and against and the people that are for singing the song are throwing the weight around pretty heavily. So I don't know where it ends up.
0: Just get rid of the song. I mean, no one's going to miss the song, right? It's not even actually their fight song or their alma mater or whatever. Like, if they get rid of it, people will complain. And then people forget about it. And guess what? They'll go back to caring about whether or not you win or lose football games. Now that's that winning solves all of this, but eventually they're going to get rid of the song. We all know that at some point we're, we're going to get to that point. This is going to continue to get used against them on the recruiting trail. You know how that works, Ted. Like people are going to use this against Steve Sarkeesian and Texas. And I will say this. If you're so scared to lose a million dollar donation from some of these guys that were sending these ridiculous emails, guess what? You, you can find the money from someone else. You don't have to take their money. If they want to send a bunch of racist stuff in emails, guess what? You don't have to take their money. They do not have to be a donor. You, now, you don't have to say, hey, you're a racist. We don't want your money. You just say, hey, respectfully, we aren't accepting your donation. It's not that hard. You will find the money. That's If you get the recruits, if they're not all pissed off about the song, if you get the recruits and you win games, guess what? People will donate money. That's how it works. People like to support a winner. I don't know why they just don't get rid of the song. It seems like such a simple solution for me. I'll tell you why they don't get rid of the song. And
1: this is not a a defense of the song. Again, I don't, I, I could care less about the song and the song's probably a bad example of this, but the reason they don't want to get rid of the song is because if we get rid of the song, what's next. And we could say that, well, there's nothing next. I don't know, but it, it's the same as the, like what's going on right now with the Dr. Seuss books and like whatever the next thing is, it's like, wh- what is going to be next? And they've decided to stand their ground on this song. so, that's why. Now, I'm not defending why they're doing it why they're not, but I'm telling you, that is their thinking, and that's why they are picking this battle.
0: Sarkeesian's kind of been crushing it, recruiting, mm-hmm. and now that this has come back up, I'm kind of interested to see how it affects their recruiting. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And maybe it won't affect it at all. Maybe it won't. I I don't know. But it's just <laughs> – it's. You're so right. You were like, he's not going to just get to coach. (laughs) He sure as hell is. I haven't even
1: started spring ball yet in their own. (laughs) Like haven't even practiced situation. Number 10 already of, of crap that he's had to deal with.
0: Oh, I bet you he's just laying in bed at night going. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. I could have just waited it out at Bama. I could have been the next saving. Damn (laughs) it. Okay, Ted, let's move on to FGTB. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best in class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best in class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Tell them we sent you. And contact our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. Nice. Okay. Football guys talking basketball, little FGTB. Oklahoma State sweeps Oklahoma in Bethel. Cowboys it in Stillwater, even with what I would describe as a relatively quiet night until the end for Cade Cunningham. Uh, Brady Manick had 20. Austin Reeves did some really good things, but again, made costly mistakes late in that game. And I thought the game was really won by... Oklahoma State supporting cast, Caleb Boone, was huge in that game. Bryce Williams, again, hit some big-time threes and did a really good job guarding Reeves. Uh, I, I didn't know that Bryce Williams prided himself in his defense the way he did, and I, I thought he made it tough on Austin Reeves. Ted, the Sooners have now lost three in a row, mm. and they get Texas Thursday night in Norman. And I believe
1: here's the problem with playing Texas. I think if you beat Texas, correct me if I'm wrong. If you beat Texas, which we really need a win right now, I think you will end up playing Kansas in the Big 12 tournament. Is that right? Uh, if you lose you end up playing Iowa State essentially in the, uh, the play-in game, the round one game. I think that's how it is. I could be wrong on that. But uh, there's, really, there's really nothing good <laughs> that comes out of the remaining schedule for Oklahoma. But they need to get back on the, the winning streak. They, they need to beat Texas. I think this is a really confidence-driven basketball team. And they need to get back on that right now. You know, I I don't know what's going to happen with them in the postseason in the tournament. I think they're capable when they hit the three. I still have the same complaints with this team that I've had all along. Um, but here's the point: whenever they're lighting it up from three, they can beat anyone. When they're not, they can lose to anyone. That's they are. There's a big difference between the peaks and valleys of this basketball team.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm not sure if it's a must win, but it, it certainly feels like a situation. Kind of feels
1: that like mentally right now for the basketball team.
0: It, it's not even that. I just want I want to see them play with a sense of urgency. And, and I'm not saying that they didn't. Both those bedlam games were awesome, right? And well, Oklahoma State's playing really good basketball. You're right.
1: It, I, I thought I thought Brady Manick... Looked more assertive and aggressive in the bad, second bad limit Stillwater than maybe he's looked all season.
0: Right, I'm with you. And was shooting it with confidence. Uh, I know a lot of people have pointed out that three he missed when he was open. You know, there, but there was like eight minutes left to go in the game. Like mm-hmm. I know Oklahoma State goes on a nine zero run after that miss, but. You, you can't point to that one shot and be like, oh, it was some huge momentum swing. I got in that debate with our man Plank, and I was like, that's ridiculous to say that it was, <laughs> that, it was that important. But I, I, I don't know exactly what is going to happen with this team in the NCAA tournament. I think it's going to be very matchup-driven for them, Ted. But I, I do know that Texas is led by those guards. Right. You look at Coleman, Ramey, and Jones. But the thing that worries about me, uh, worries me about Texas is the length and athleticism they have in the front court. Now, Jericho Sims and Kai Jones aren't the most aggressive guys in the world. They're not going to demand the ball, but they are huge and long and athletic. And I know that Kirk Queth can come in and do some things, but that could be a problem. For Oklahoma, not necessarily those guys scoring, but we've seen these last couple of games when OU just gets out-rebounded by a ton, what happens? And uh, I'm a little afraid that that could happen in this one.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. Manic playing kind of, not kind of, really out of position and having to defend some of those bigs is one of the things that gets us in trouble. Now, uh, whenever we go small, if we can make people pay on the other end, then, you know, it's, it's worth it. But if we can't and we're not hitting shots and he can't make those guys come out away from, away from the win, uh, rim and hit threes, then we struggle. And you know, back to my biggest beef is we, we settle for threes or we have Austin Reeves get to the rim. We don't have a group of guys that gets to the rim – we shoot less free throws than anyone in the league uh, except for, I think, Kansas State and Iowa State. We, we've shot up to this point almost 200 fewer free throws than West Virginia. You can't make up... I think the discrepancy against Oklahoma State the other day was like 27-12 to 12 or something crazy like that. You can't make up that discrepancy in a basketball game. If you're not hitting the threes... You got to get to the rim, get fouled, get to the foul line, and pick up some easy points.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. That'll be a that'll be an interesting game, important one for both teams. Honestly, I think Texas is going to want that one very badly as well. Okay, a few things about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they became the first NBA team to announce that they will not be allowing fans to come to any games this season. Now, several teams are already allowing reduced capacity. And in a few weeks from what I understand, from what I've read, I think it'll be 17 of the 30 NBA teams. will have fans in the stands uh, sometime during the month of March, but not the thunder, which it's a bummer. Uh, I mean, I know that we're kind of cheering for them not to do particularly well, but like, I want to watch SDA up close. I want to, I want to watch my man, Dort, bowl through somebody and get some buckets, but, I don't know, man. I did. It just made me sad when they announced it. I, I was bummed.
1: I don't understand it. I don't understand. Do you it think at it's all. just
0: a cost thing? Do you like? Do you think just the reduced capacity and then you have to staff the arena and that type of stuff? Like you would end up losing money. I, I don't know. That's the only thing that kind of makes sense to me. If it doesn't make dollars, then it doesn't make sense. You see what I did there? Nice. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Write that down. But. Yeah, because I don't know. It seems like the coronavirus thing, the vaccine stuff, it's really headed in a positive direction. We've been able to get to a couple of games late in the season. They got some good opponents coming to Oklahoma City that I would have liked to watch.
1: I don't know if that's the reason, but if that's what they're going off of, I think that's dumb. The last thing you want to do, especially whenever your basketball team it's not great, is give people a reason to forget about it. You know, there's I'm a lot you. of people that watch the games every night, but there's a lot of people that don't. And there's a lot of people that would like to go to a basketball game just as something to do. There's a lot of people who go to Thunder basketball games that aren't your night in, night out, every game watcher Thunder fan. They want to go downtown. They want to go out to eat. They want to go enjoy the basketball game. That's what they want to do. You don't want to give people a chance to forget about what you're doing, especially whenever you're bad. I don't – know. I mean, to me, even if it costs money to open it up, you need to keep getting people in front of that team. And it also – it's not just a hit to the thunder – it's a hit to all of the surrounding businesses and restaurants and bars and hotels. I mean, people, there's, there's people that are LeBron fans and Laker fans that would come from Tulsa and stay a night to watch a, a game against the Lakers or a game against whoever they're golden their state. Is. They've got golden a, state. several
0: against golden state left in Oklahoma city.
1: So I think it's, I think it's weird. And there's no reason to even if you don't plan on having fans. Okay, well, let's wait a week or a month and see where we're at then. Why go ahead and drive a dagger into the entire season? I don't understand, man.
0: Yeah, I think it was kind of deflating. I know it was deflating for me, right? So I assume because I had... Kind of thought of, and maybe it was stupid of me to assume that I would be able to at least go to a couple games towards the end of the year. I don't know. Maybe that was dumb to assume that. But as I saw more teams doing it around the league, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get to see Darius Baisley and see his growth, right? In his second year, stuff like that. I don't know. It just. Develop makes me your sad. stars,
1: get some people in front of them. When a kid, it doesn't matter. If the team sucks, if a kid gets to go watch, um, SGA in person, the first time you watch a a professional basketball game in person, you're drawn and enamored to those athletes. It doesn't matter if they're any good. They're your team. They're your stars. You want to, you want to get those connections with your fan base. And I almost feel like it was done in an order to try and score points to say like, well, I know Texas is opening everything up, but here's how much we care. We're not going to allow anyone in to watch games.
0: That would be a miscalculation uh, when it comes to understanding your fan base. I, I, I totally agree. I would say that pretty safe to say that, but yeah, man, I, I, I just saw it, and I was like, okay, and then I thought more about it and didn't make a ton of sense to me with how things are trending, but then again, they did lose to the Mavericks tonight without Luka Doncic, and the Thunder only scored 78 points in the game, so there's also part of me that's like, eh, you know, how much will I miss watching that team, but I'm with you. The one thing that I I kept coming back to when I was reading the release is like, man this fan base is known around the league as being like the most passionate fan base. And the fact that thunder fans aren't going to have a single opportunity to see that team play in person this year. I mean, just, just weird. I don't know how else to say it other than just, it's just a little odd for me. I
1: watched my, the first game I ever went, it's the only NFL football game I've ever been to. It was like, 1991, or maybe even before that, it was a preseason game in Denver. The Denver Broncos played the Indianapolis Colts. Eric Dickerson played for the Colts at the time. Elway played for the Broncos at the time. Elway didn't play. Dickerson didn't play. I didn't know anyone else out there. There was maybe 5,000 people there. But at the from it was raining. It was terrible. But for me... As a young kid, it was the greatest thing I had ever experienced in my life. Couldn't believe that I was at an NFL football game and knew that I wanted to play in the NFL. You want to develop that type of connection with your community and your team. It For kids, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. They want to see professional basketball players.
0: Now, this may be a dumb question, but can they go back on it? Like, at some point, could they be like, hey, never mind. We're letting people in. Or is it?
1: Can they? Sure, they can. They could do it today. They could do it tomorrow. They could say, hey, you know what? On second thought, we looked at the numbers, and it's like, my goodness, Oklahoma's actually doing really good right now. We're vaccinating the hell
0: out of people here. We're
1: we're doing great. And we thought, hey, why not get this community in front of our team? But my guess is they would never do that because they would admit that they made a hasty decision by if they went back on it but could they sure will they no
0: dang it uh one other thing Lou Dort and Teo Maladon made the rising stars game let's go for the all-star game they'll be on the world team except for uh, the game isn't being played like that game's not happening this year, but they still announced the team. So I'm not really sure why they announced it, but it was kind of cool. Thunder with two guys on the world team. Look at look at the international flavor of the squad. Look I at guess it it's
1: kind of like announcing a all-Big 12 team. It's not like the all-Big 12 team goes and plays the all-SEC team. It's just I guess you've got the honor of being announced, but it is kind of weird for the All-Star game.
0: But Yeah, I was just like, okay. Well, they're playing the all-star game. Why aren't they playing the rising stars? What? They can't test those guys. Uh, What? Those guys aren't worth hopping on the private jet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Those, those 15 guys would drive the numbers in the United States through the ceiling as far as coronavirus is concerned. So
0: they better keep them home. Wow. But they'll keep traveling
1: with their teams to wherever they're going.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay.
1: Money. Maybe
0: a money thing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe a money thing. Let's move on. And. Let's talk about Riverwind, Teddy, your spot. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience. There are temperature screenings at all entrances and masks are required for all patrons and employees because your safety is Riverwind's number one priority. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games, with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack. Which, by the way, Ted, you can find. Sometimes they got like that five-dollar table. Do they ever have that two-dollar table going? I have not seen the two-dollar table. I've only in seen a while. five. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like they had the two-dollar back in the day. I feel I don't know. It's
1: hard to get on the table. There's so many people out there. It's They've done it good. They section it off. It's a lot of fun out there right now. It's it's. I, suge- I highly suggest it.
0: Well, you can play Blackjack Match, roulette, and craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. And don't forget to send your children, Teddy, to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. Bishop McGinnis students were welcomed back last August and saw very few interruptions in 2020. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit Bmchs dot org financial aid is available okay let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week ted who do you have as your winner of the week
1: okay i've got to go with the big 12 right now whenever you look at at bracketology and kind of how they have the big 12 staged uh, i think it looks really promising for the big 12 to be represented really nicely Um, I know Oklahoma is on a little bit of a skid here. Um, Texas has been on a recent skid, but between Baylor, Kansas playing their best basketball of the year, West Virginia, who looks great, Oklahoma State playing really good, Texas, Oklahoma, Tech, we're going to send seven teams to the tournament. And I would honestly say that of the seven teams that we're sending – I would say every single one of them has the ability to be a sweet 16 team. And even more than that, I I think there's several that have elite eight capabilities. And obviously, whenever you look at Baylor uh, national championship capabilities. So I'd say right now, trending towards the end of the season, Baylor getting their legs back under them. The Big 12 is going to be well represented and going to be a lot of fun to watch in the tournament.
0: Yeah, I think they can make some noise, right? I I think all those teams, it's it's really interesting when you look at the seven teams that are going to go to the tournament from the Big 12, and it's easy to pick the best one, right? Baylor's the best team. We can all agree. But then you can have a heated debate about who the second best team is. Like, Mm -hmm. somebody will be like, hey, it's West Virginia. It's obvious. And you're like, really? Is it? Are you sure? You sure it's not Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham? You sure it's not Texas Tech if they shoot the 3 really well with the way that they play defense like there is a debate to be had right now about who the second best team is and I feel like you can make a case for those six teams that aren't Baylor or one of the fun debates is okay, who's the worst of the worst of this group of seven? And that's where you're like, well, uh Oh, no, depends Texas depends what <laughs> depends what day of the week, you know. It's, exactly, it's crazy.
1: I'll tell you what's funny is if you look at look at Kansas. We were laughing at how bad Kansas was at one point in this season, and right now, you could even make the argument considering they just beat them. You could make the argument that Kansas is playing the best back basketball in the Big Twelve right now. So
0: it is wild. You it's, definitely it's, can it's, make that argument. I mean, I just watch them beat. Baylor now. Right. Baylor looked different against West Virginia than they did yeah, against Kansas, did. in my opinion. But yeah, Big 12 basketball, it continues to be the most consistently good conference in all of college basketball. It's been that way for five, six years now. It's a lot of fun to watch. Okay, who do you have as your loser of the week?
1: I thought about going with the Pac 12 considering they were the last to release their schedule and by that point everyone was like oh are you guys playing or I thought you already released the schedules it's like them they're the worst they are the worst at everything.
0: They're they haven't replaced last, Larry Scott yet Teddy come on.
1: I've it's just I mean come on get ahead of the game let's drive some attention to what we're doing and our sport Try and generate a little bit of electricity, and not be dead last to the game when everyone else has already done their thing. Thought about that, but I settled on Ricky Fowler because Nick Ricky Fowler's not been playing good golf, and he's in jeopardy of missing the Masters for the first time since 2010. Is how poor he's been playing, and Nick Faldo. Six-time major winner, uh, calls all the stuff, uh, all the PGA, big tournaments and everything. He sent out a tweet in response to that, that, well, if Ricky does miss the Masters, at least he'll have time to film six more commercials. Uh, Slamming Rick Fowler saying that he spends more time making commercials and focused on that, not focused on his game. That had to be painful coming from a great like Nick Faldo
0: yeah but I mean, you got to make your money when you can, right? This is kind of like the true. Baker mayfield thing, right you you if the endorsement money is there to be made, if you are if you are high in demand, you like you you make the money, right right? What is it rocket mortgage or whatever it is like you you make the money right. if you're Ricky Fowler, but it he he is so easy to root for, like even as an Oklahoma state guy, I've always said that. He is the easiest Oklahoma state guy for me to root for. Like he, he's just extremely likable. It sucks watching him not play well. It makes me sad. Like I, I want to see those vibrant outfits on a Sunday with that guy playing golf and it mattering. And let's just be real. it. He has not been a factor since when it's been
1: a while. He was knocking on the door pretty much in every major. Therefore, uh, a couple of years, and it's like he's going to break through at some point. How do you think he responds to that? Do you think he responds with the double birds to Nick Faldo, or do you think that he looks at it, sits back, and says, maybe he's right, maybe I do need to refocus what I'm doing and pay more attention to my game? I I get that you got to make more money, but – the reason you're making money is for golf and you don't want to, you don't want that to, to pass you by with a chance to, to win a major in your prime. So I don't know. Just thought it was, thought it was interesting in a, in a pretty brutal slam from Sir Nick Faldo.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't in that accent just hurts, right? Cause you it read does, the tweet in worse. the accent you just, it just hurts worse. But yeah, I, I just did a quick Google. I don't know if this is the official ranking, but yeah, Ricky Fowler, Number 65 in the world. I mean, that's not terrible, but he used to be a top 10 player. I mean, yeah. several years. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's like that game's hard or something. No, no, no. <laughs> right. Most infuriating game on planet. Not
1: according to John Manziel, he's going to be a pro.
0: I hope that would be awesome if Johnny football became a pro golfer. That would bring some uh, some life to the tour. It
1: would be happy Gilmore in real life, I think,
0: right? Be happy Gilmore, but with tequila shots. <laughs> Taking a few tequila shots with our boy Johnny back in the day. Nice. Okay, my winner of the week, I thought about going with Baylor basketball because that was one hell of an OT win there in Morgantown on Tuesday. Uh, won their first regular season conference title since 1950. Been wow. 71 years so that that's a hell of an accomplishment especially with where that program was when Scott Drew took it over that's uh that's pretty impressive I also thought about going with high school seniors in the state of Kentucky did you see this Teddy no Kentucky is allowing high school seniors to stay for another year of school and play sports they're letting the high school kids do the super senior thing yeah oh yeah I'm not joking. This is true. I'm not lying to you right now. What if you, what if you graduate? Well, if, if you're like trying to get an athletic scholarship, you can stay and give it the old senior super senior try. I don't. You're know, telling I, me John
1: that works down at the feed store is also can be our starting quarterback next season, even though he's not going to school or does he have to be enrolled in school? I, if you already graduate.
0: Why the hell would he enroll in school? He's gonna start working on his high school masters. I don't know. I, I don't really know what they're gonna do from an academic standpoint. But I guess if you're a kid that you're you're trying to earn an athletic scholarship, awesome. like you you can play it. But it also kind of sucks because another year of high school instead of a year of college sounds kind of terrible. But I what guess there the are probably a couple kids
1: that was waiting on the senior to graduate to where he could finally start. You know, shit, like,
0: man. <laughs> get better, <laughs> get better, <laughs> work on your game, work on your game, Chad.
1: I wonder if they're going to have open transfer too for, for guys that could maybe transfer to another school where they could play or I don't know. That's great I know. though. I love it.
0: But my winner of the week, and you've made fun of them, but they are in the PAC 12. My winner of the week is Stanford football. Yes. The nerds from Stanford. You mentioned it, Ted. Pac-12 came out with their schedule. And Stanford's schedule made me smile. And I know it's going to make you smile, Teddy, because they are playing Kansas State, Vanderbilt, and Notre Dame. And that Notre Dame game is actually the last game of the year for them. But that's their three non-conference games. Kansas State, Vanderbilt, Notre Dame. Then they will play nine games in their Pac-12 schedule, which means... They will be the only school to play 12 Power 5 opponents next season. They are the first team to do this since USC did it in 2011. It's been over a decade now, Ted, or I guess a decade. Mass hard. I feel like this is what a lot of college football fans want, including me and you. Shout out to David Shaw and the nerds of Stanford for doing it. I saw this schedule and I loved it. It's awesome. This, this is what I wish college football was uh, no offense to the G five teams, or the FCS or whatever, but it would be awesome. If every power five schedule is like this, it would make it so much more fun to watch.
1: I agree a hundred percent. And yes, I hear all the people complaining right now that Vanderbilt is not truly a power five football SEC team, but team. Come on, SEC, Um, I love this. Here's the problem. Win some games. Because if you schedule this and go like five and seven, it's never gonna happen again. Okay. Take advantage <laughs> of it and win some games. Or else everyone's gonna say, ah, you see Stanford, never write that down in our reminders. Never schedule twelve uh power five teams. I love it. I agree that it's what it should be, and um we'll see how it falls for them. They better uh, – Notre Dame's going to be stout again, and I think Kansas State's going to be good. Skylar Thompson coming back.
0: Yeah, and Stanford, I'm not going to say they've fallen off, but you know, from the peak of where that program was, it, it's it's been kind of lackluster the last couple seasons under David Shaw. It's been a little interesting. Okay, my loser of the week, I was going to go with that VP of Nike. What was her name? Anne. <laughs> Hebert or Hebert. I don't know how you say
1: it. Scamming the company. (laughs) How was that working? Was she like just basically handing down shoes to her son?
0: Okay. So the, the, the details of whether she knew or not are a little fuzzy, but if you haven't seen the story, this VP of Nike had to resign. She'd been with the company for 25 years and it's because her son was using inside information. She runs the sneakers app. If you're not a big sneaker person, it's a huge deal in the sneaker community. It's where Nike drops their most exclusive shoes. You have to like get in line. It's this whole deal whether or not you get a pair and you're able to pay for a pair. Like it's a whole thing. But this, her son was using bots to win sneakers on the sneakers app and then was reselling them for a huge profit. And I guess he was doing all of this with his mom's credit card. And mind you, she is a VP of Nike, but then he started doing this thing where he would buy the shoes that Nike was about to stop making. And he would, like, buy them before they announced it. And all of a sudden, he's like, man, this kid's really good at predicting what, like, and I guess he wanted to get some attention for, like, how well he was doing. And he posts on social media and, like, does this all. Like, he does not hide it. And I guess he called some reporter, and his mom's name popped up on the caller ID because his mom still pays for his cell phone.
1: Oh, so
0: that's how the reporter or writer, or whatever found out was like, saw the name. It was like, okay, Googled her, saw she was a VP of Nike. And that's how this whole thing started. Ooh. Like he really just, he, he had a good thing going, dude. They said at one point between, and he was selling like inside information on a thing, had a bunch of subscribers that were paying to get the information. He was doing the shoes and everything. They said he was making 250 grand a month doing this.
1: So what the hell type of loser makes 250 grand a month and still has their mom pay for their cell phone bill and uses their mom's credit card? What is that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I can't wait for and it I, I was doing that all off the top of my head from the things I've read, so hopefully I didn't mess any of those details up. I can't wait for her to like, it sounds to me like it was
1: probably her phone was paid for by Nike and her credit card was paid for by Nike.
0: Well, the, the interesting part about it is like, it's hard to say the mom didn't know because I guess the company that the son was using to resell the shoes, right. in the resale market, he was making a ton of money, like a ton of profit of that. I guess the company was actually started by his dad and then transferred to his son. Mm. So I was like, okay. So I didn't make her my loser of the week because I was like, there's no way that lady didn't know. Right. I mean, come wow. on.
1: I mean, the, is that, I know that's grounds to be fired, but is that like some, type I saw of
0: someone say that it was like maybe like corporate crime? espionage. I don't know if that's the proper term. If or you're selling, like that.
1: if you're selling, secrets and allowing someone to make money off of it gosh i don't know that's interesting that's crazy yeah
0: so not only did he get his mom fired maybe he's going to get her thrown in jail that would be brutal oh man if you haven't read about that story go google it it is fascinating but wow we got off track there my loser of the week chicago bears fans ted because they've had to deal with a lot right they've had to endure the misery of mitch trubisky uh, I'm sure they're they're constantly getting teased for the Bears drafting Trubisky instead of, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. The Bears have wasted a couple really good defenses the last couple seasons. I'm sure it's been brutal to be a Bears fan, but I'm not sure they were mentally prepared for what they were going to have to deal with this week. And I'm not sure they deserve the trolling that they got after it was announced that Tom Herman was hired as an offensive analyst for the Chicago bears. And our favorite coach will also be in charge of special projects for the bears,
1: which what's that like going to Starbucks and getting the uh, offensive coach's coffee. What's the
0: special project? Maybe he's going to check all their pee. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that whole thing? I don't I don't know what special pro, I don't know what he's going to be doing and I'm just I do think Tom Herman knows a ton of football. He's a good coach. He got to that level for a reason, but I just saw all of these Bears fans that I follow on Twitter being like, "Really? Seriously? We can't go a couple days without like we're we're still trying to figure out the quarterback thing and now all of a sudden they've got everyone trolling them because yeah, Tom Herman has Wait until uh, they
1: take Ellinger in the third round.
0: First round, first, first round. round, late first, yeah. late first, they'll take Ellinger, but <laughs> the jokes write themselves and you know, Matt Nagy, I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. I don't know how long Tom Herman's going to be there, but I, I have a feeling people are going to get their jokes off while he's there.
1: Yeah, I. I credit the guy for taking a job somewhere. I would have taken the big payday and lived on the beach for the next
0: five years. Grinder. No Mm -hmm. steak for that guy. Burgers and water, baby. Burgers (laughs) and water. And on that note, episode 91 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. We've got a big interview with Bill Conley for you guys. If you're interested in... Analytics, learning about analytics, it's the interview for you. So talk a ton of you with him too. So it was really fun. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week and weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.